I want to get this word to you. I believe the Lord is speaking to us that it's a season of fulfillment. A season of fulfillment. According to Psalm 66, 10 through 12, it says something like this. It says, For you, O God, have tested us. You've refined us as silver is refined. You've brought us into the net. You've laid affliction on our backs. Does that seem like anybody's last, few, last bit of history there? You've tested us. Anybody here been tested in a season? How about anybody been through a refining process? Since you brought us, y'all are happy about the trial. I'm telling you, y'all are strong Christians in here. Like, we'll even count that all joy when we go through trials. Refined us as silver is refined, brought us into the net, laid affliction on our backs, caused men to ride over our heads. We've been through the fire. And we've been through the water, but you brought us out to a place of rich fulfillment. I, I decree that to somebody today, that you're being brought out to a large place, a broad place, if you will. I'd like to say it this way. God is expanding our boundaries in this season. This month of Savan is a month of expanded boundaries. The tribe Zebulun was tied with the tribe Issachar, which shows us God's prosperities and expounded boundaries are linked with his timing. So this is a month, according to the Hebraic calendar, where God expands our boundaries. So what do you mean by that, Kent? Sometimes we get in a limited place. Now, there's prophecies and decrees over our life, but our current conditions don't line up with the prophecies that God has said. Our, our current conditions are limiting us, yet God's word is promising this expanded territory, yet we're living in a limited condition. So this is that time where God takes the limited condition and expands the... Let me say it this way. God expands your circumstances to line up with his word and what he said about you in this season. Now, here's what's interesting to me. The tribe Zebulun, right, was prophesied to in Deuteronomy 33, 18 by Moses. Here's what Moses or God had said about Zebulun. About Zebulun, he said, rejoice, Zebulun, in your going out and you Issachar in your tents. They, they put the print this small so we could expound your eye seeing boundaries. <laughs> But we'll, I'll, I'll get it for you. <laughs> I'll read it for you. I'm close up. About Zebulun, he said, Rejoice, Zebulun, in your going out, and you, Issachar, in your tents. They will summon peoples to the mountain, and there offer the sacrifice of the righteous. They will feast. This is Zebulun. You will feast on the abundance or the wealth of the seas and the treasures of the hidden sand. So there's this tribe called Zebulon, and God says through Moses, you will feast, you will enjoy the wealth and the abundance of the seashore. What a great prophecy. Jacob comes along again and prophesies in Genesis, very, very powerfully, 49, 13, Zebulon will live by the seashore. How would you like that prophecy? You're going to live at the beach. How about that? <laughs> You will live by the seashore and you will become a haven for ships and your border will extend towards Sidon. 
So here's God. Here's what God says about Zebulun. God says you're going to have the wealth and the abundance of the seashore. And you're actually going to live by the sea. But here's a quandary. Joshua 19 is where they divided the land. And when God divides the land in Joshua 19, I won't read all that for you because I tried to read it this morning and the names got so hard I thought I was speaking in tongues. So that's, there's so many long, weird names in that passage of Scripture. I'll leave that to you and maybe the message translation later. But basically, this is the Scripture that defines the boundaries of Zebulon and they're nowhere near the sea. Yet, God had spoke through his servant Moses and his servant Jacob that this is their destiny. You will enjoy the abundance of the sea and the, and the treasures of the sand, and you will live at the seashore, yet they're landlocked. Let me show you the original map. If you can see the map on, on, on my left, see the little white thing with, white with a yellow circle around it? That's Zebulun. There we go. This is the ancient, that's the little white dot, that's Zebulun. And they've they're got the Mediterranean and the Sea of Galilee, but they're landlocked. So the prophecies on, their li on the lives of Zebulun, spoken by the ancients of old, now they're living in a condition that's nowhere near the prophetic fulfillment that God had said to them. So what happened? History records that Zebulun was blessed by God with a trade route. A very small trade route. And they began to trade on this trade route connecting the Mediterranean and the Sea of Galilee. They weren't by the sea. They just had a small trade route. But the Bible records that they used the revenue from the trade route to support Zebulun, uh, to support Issachar. Because Issachar was a tribe that was supposed to only seek God, his time and his word, the heavens, so that Israel might know what time it was. So what's my point to you? Zebulon simply was faithful in the... Zebulon was just faithful in the small thing God put in their hand at that time. And as they were faithful with the small portion God had put, God began to expand their... Come on, somebody. God began to expand their boundaries to the place where they literally... Let me show you the, the, the new map. This is the new map to where Zebulon now... And their geographical was literally connected sea to sea. We know this. Why? Because in Matthew chapter 4 verse 13, it says, Jesus leaving Nazareth came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulon and Naphtali. Zebulon became so powerful in the trade routes, they began to mix with the tribe of Naphtali. And the next thing you know, God pushed out their boundaries from their current location until they dwelt from sea to shining sea, walking in the prophetic fulfillment that God had said all along would be their portion. You say, what in the world does Zebulon have to do with me? 
I'm here to tell you prophetically, God has a prophetic decree over your life of what he said about you, of what he's promised you. And I'm here to decree to you, no matter what your current landlocked circumstance may look like, God is not a man that he could lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he's going to do it. If he spoke it, he will make it good. He can move land boundaries, mountain boundaries, demonic boundaries, personal boundaries. God can move the boundaries in your life and take you into the next season. Somebody shout hallelujah with me. Woo! Come on, blow the shofar. Touch three people, say, God's moving my boundaries. Won't you just do this? Just push the person on your left and right. So you're going to have to make room. I'm about to expand here. You're going to have to make some room for me. You say, why do we want to expand? Because we want to fulfill God's call. We want to fulfill God's purpose. See, I believe it's one of the religious lies that makes us buy into vows of poverty and these type things. And that means I understand the spiritual principles behind frugality and, and living a moderate life. I understand all that. But God's got work for us to do. There's people and nations that need to hear the word of God. There's people that need to be fed. There's orphans that need to be put in, in, in homes and adopted even. And there's uh, abortions that need to be stopped. And people supporting that cause in our city. There's, there's legislation that needs to be changed. There's people in the political realm that needs to rise up. The kingdom of God is ready to expand to the right, the left, the north, the east, the south, and the west. And he wants to use you to do it. So touch somebody else and say, I'm about to get large and in charge. Tell them I'm about to get large and in charge. The enemy wants to limit us. You know where he limits us the most? In our minds. To make us only see the small. Yet God said if you're faithful with the small, he will enlarge. It's just the kingdom principle. If you're faithful with the small, God will enlarge that according to Luke 16, 16. And I really believe this is a word for us. For some of us, God wants to enlarge our knowledge of him, just who he is. For some of you, God wants to enlarge your knowledge of his word. Right now, you know this much. A year from now, you're going to know this much. For some of us, God wants to enlarge our anointing. Right now, we're healing uh, maybe small diseases and things that's not as significant as we think, but God wants to grow that anointing and enlarge that toward some of these prophecies that's been over your life are going to be fulfilled. I've got a big old prophecy hanging over my life. This wild prophet came up to me one day. He said, Kent, there's going to be an anointing on your life in the days ahead. You're going to prophesy people's shoe size. And I'm like, well, what good's that going to do? Like, you know, uh, what, like, what's that, Brother Jones, about a nine and a half? I mean, what's that? Who's that going to bless? And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God fell on me, and the prophet said, because they're going to come in the meeting with no legs. And you'll prophesy the size shoe they're going to wear when their leg grows out. That's a big old prophecy. Now, am I, grow, am I growing out people's legs as an event? No. But I'm like Zebulon. I'm going to be faithful with what I got. And God's going to move my back. Come on, somebody. Some of you have been living in a very limited financial place. 
just barely making it, just barely, maybe not even to, able to tithe or move with the, in, in the obedience to the Lord, God's going to begin to expand your boundaries. Some of, Dr. Dalton Smith on the front row just a few years ago, she was just beginning to think about writing some books. And now, just a few short years later, God has opened massive doors for her now, speaking conferences and writing books and touching literally thousands of people because faithful and little grows it big. And God is ready to move out some boundaries. For some of us, it's generational issues of of Sin, trying to keep our families in check and keep our families down the same lines of divorce and disease and disaster. God's saying, no, I'm about to move that out of your way and expand your boundaries to a godly inheritance. Right? At work and influence, in the city, after the Freedom March, even now, God's beginning to enlarge our capacity. We're having government agencies now call us as a church saying, can you help us get the blessing of God on our lives and on this? Come on now. It's an expanded territory. So I'm challenging you and me that I believe this is from the Lord. The Lord wants us to re-engage with something that we looked at years ago called the prayer of Jabez. It's a bold, bold prayer. And it's found in 1 Chronicles 4.10, and it's a, a really obscure passage of Scripture, but it became very, very famous years ago when a man found this Scripture and got the revelation. Basically, it says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that it may not cause pain. And God granted him what he requested. This is a bold prayer. Leave it up there, if you will. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. I think some of us are afraid of a blessing. Come on. Really. Because tradition and religion has made us somehow not understand this. This is a bold prayer. That you would ask God of Israel to bless you. Bless your family. Bless you indeed. See, Jabez understood the power of a blessing. According to Isaiah 51, it says, God called Abraham alone, blessed him, and he became a great nation. You don't need, a, you don't need anybody in your life except the blessing of the Lord on your life. You don't need people to help you. You don't need circumstances to change. You just need the blessing of the... Because when the blessing of the Lord gets on you, it says what he blesses, no man can curse. Once he blesses, no man... The power of the blessing is powerful. That's why when you study Jacob and Esau, he was willing to lie to get it. I mean, he so wanted... He knew what that blessing entailed. And so God wants to get a blessing on your life in this season. Not just, you know, like, oh, you, God bless you. I'm talking about a, a, a weighty blessing of the Lord that literally when you get around somebody, they say, man, you blessed. Say, what do you mean? I just felt it. When you walked in, I felt like, man, he's blessed. I, I believe God really wanted to be a reality. You're blessed going in and you're blessed. Come on, going out. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. You're blessed at work. You're blessed at home. You're blessed. Whatever you put your hand to is blessed. Won't you touch three people's hands and say, get ready for a blessing to get on you. Glory. 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 
Man. Look at your hands a minute. Just look at them. Just tell them these are blessed hands. The Bible says whatever you touch will prosper. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. Whatever you touch will prosper. I don't know about you, but I got, I do got gold dust all over my hands. Look at your hands. You say, how much faith does it take? Enough faith to look at your hands? I don't know what it means. It just happens sometimes when we get up into one of these veins. How many of you look like some glittery stuff on your hands and you didn't put makeup on? Wave at me. Lean over and show your neighbor. Say, look at my hands. Isn't that wild? You say, what is it? It's a sign and a wonder. It's a sign that makes you wonder. Look at that. Show two or three more people. The more you show it to them, the more it will happen. These are some of those amazing signs that God's given. Isn't that, isn't that wild? There was a season around here where teenagers, every time they witnessed to somebody about Jesus, this stuff came on their hands. It's just a sign. Don't you love that? My God. Bless you indeed. Lord, I thank you that a blessing's resting on this church right now. I thank you a blessing's resting on the people right now. So we're going to pray, Lord, boldly. Bless me indeed. What's the next line? Can we get the scripture back? Here we go. Enlarge my territory. That's a prayer we're going to pray, bold prayer. Lord, don't only bless me, but enlarge my open doors that no man can shut. Move, move boundaries in, in, in my life. Extend my influence, influence financially and spiritually and, and let the blessing that's on me Find its way on a lot of people around me. That's what it's saying. Bless me and then let that blessing find an expression in many areas around my life so I can spread this blessing to a whole lot of other people. That's why he told Abraham, I'll bless you and I'll make you a blessing. The blessing of the Lord will get on you so big you'll have to look for somebody to help you enjoy it. Woo! I just got, I'm just inviting somebody to help me get in on this with me. I got so much that God's doing in my life. I got to expand my territory because I got so much blessing resting on me. I got somebody else that need to get in on it with me. This is bold praying. That your hand would be with me. Man, I like that one. That the hand of the Lord would be with you. This is powerful. I've experienced this in my own life. What does that mean? That's favor. That's when you can't eat. This is mistaken identity. 
Somebody else is supposed to be walking under this anointing and blessing, but somehow you got up under it because God, by his sovereign hand, just reached down and put a blessing on you and showed his favor to you in a supernatural way. And your, and your education didn't get it. Your wisdom didn't get it. Your smarts didn't get it. Who you're born, what family didn't get it. Your criteria, your pedigree didn't get it. It was just God's favor reached down from heaven and got on you. And all of a sudden, God humbles those who are exalted, but he exalts those that are humbled and the favor of the Lord just got up on you. Mistaken identity, I call it. I've had this, I, I told the early crowd this morning, I was uh, in Latvia, the old Soviet Union. I was just newly out preaching. I had three sermons that I knew to my name and had to preach eight times. So, you know, I had to make five of them up, right? But I knew three. So I'd preached most of my stuff already, and I'm in a morning meeting. Another guy's preaching, and I'm thinking, wow, good thing I'm not preaching, right? Because I don't have nothing to say. And sitting there, and the guy calls me up. I think he's going to prophesy to me. And he says, the Lord spoke to me, you to preach this morning. I'm thinking, man, I wish the Lord had told me I was going to preach this morning. That would have been a good thing. I would have told you. So I'm standing there in front of 5,000 Latvians like a deer caught in headlights. You know how it's when you're afraid? You know, your mind can't pull nothing up. Like, I'm, I can't pull any scripture. Like, Jesus wept. I can't, pull, I can't pull nothing up. Just fear, shock. I finally found enough faith just to kind of step out and just start talking about I love Jesus and something along those lines. It was about two or three minutes I got to just mumbling about something. All of a sudden, the hand of the Lord came in that meeting. In such a powerful way, the anointing hit me. I collapsed under the anointing of the Lord on the platform, and 5,000 Latvians fell under the Spirit. And God began to do significant things in people's lives. I looked up. My first thought was, God, you're holy. Then my second thought was, and you came through for me. <laughs> well, you know what happened? A video of that went all throughout the Soviet Union. And now I have open doors that I preach all throughout that part of the world because God's hand came on me one day in one meeting. Not because of my ability, not my education, not my smarts, not my revelation. Just the hand of the Lord on me. God can do more for us in a day than we can earn in a lifetime. By his sovereign hand. That your hand would be on me. Let's look at it again. And that you would keep me from evil. Let's just leave the scripture up there. That I might not cause pain. Isn't that powerful? So what's God saying? He said, if you start crying out asking for a blessing, it's going to come. And it's going to enlarge your territory because it will happen. And God's hand's going to rest on you in favor. But this is the most important part. But now, Lord, once that blessing comes... Don't let me get stupid. Because what happens is when God starts blessing people, people start getting a stupid spirit on them, and they start doing stupid things and somehow thinking somehow they're the one that generated the blessing and forgot the one that put their hand on them that got them the blessing in the first place. 
So I love the way he starts winding this prayer down. He said, Lord, not only do I want blessings in my territory, but I want your hand on me because I don't want to do anything stupid and I don't want to do anything evil that would cause pain to my life, my family, my friends, my associates. I want your hand not only to bless me, but protect me, keep me from temptation, keep me from evil, keep me on that perfect and plain path and fulfill your destiny and purpose in my life. And I love it. It says, and God granted everything he requested I am convinced that this is a new season in your life in my life our church church's life and that we're supposed to pray this prayer I think we're supposed to start praying it today and I think we need to pray it for ourselves and each other so we'll pray it personally and corporately for our body over the next six weeks every day in the process of this, just before we pray it and, and go today, we believe as a church, you'll, you were here obviously a while ago when the Lord started moving. I'm convinced and convicted by the Lord that ch our church, but the church, we need the power of God. Human wisdom doesn't get the job done. Sometimes we just have to have the power of God. And so I woke up three days ago with these words, fresh wind, fresh fire, fresh oil. And it took me to a book I'd read years ago called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, Fresh Faith by Jim Sabala, who pastors Brooklyn Tabernacle with the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir in New York. And he writes very powerfully about how a Tuesday night prayer meeting change the direction of their church and begin to make power available with supernatural signs and wonders following and it all initiated out of prayer you know James says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man makes power available and I'm just convinced that you and I we we need the power of God we need to be able to pray you know we get hundreds of prayer requests every week that come into the ministry here of the church you know, marriages that need to be healed, children that are lost need to be saved, bodies that need to be healed, financial breakthroughs. Well, this is this is this natural means don't answer most of these things. We need the power of God to invade their lives. So my brother Dan, I believe, has a gift of prayer. So I pray, but he has a gift of prayer. He was called to preach at 17 years old. And the guy preaching preached the message from Ezekiel that said, I looked for a man to stand in the gap and found none. And the Lord spoke to my brother and said, you're the man. And that's how he was called to preach. My brother prayed me into the kingdom. I was as wild as they come. And he told me, he said, I had prayed, Lord, you know, helping, blessing keeping, protecting, but then one day he changed his prayers. He said, Lord, shy of killing him. Take your hand off of him, remove your blessings, whatever you got to do, get him in the kingdom. And from the time he prayed that way, my whole life fell apart, and the next thing you know, I'm in the kingdom. Somebody say prayer works. So he's going to begin this Tuesday, 
6 p.m. for the next six weeks leading us in corporate prayer. If there's any way you can join us, we'd love for you to. If you, if you can't, that's no problem. We'll be praying for you. But we're going to do it every Tuesday. He's called it tefla, which is the Hebrew word for prayer. Tefla, I thought of Teflon, right? That just things fall off of you. Tefla Tuesdays. Well, we're going to pray prayers for everybody, but we're going to pray the prayer of Jabez along with you because we believe this is the season that we're to call on the God of Israel and that God's going to bless us indeed, enlarge our territory. His hand's going to rest on us. He's going to keep us from evil that we might not cause pain. And God is, just like Zebulon, going to move our boundaries into the place of fulfillment that God originally designed and called you and I to walk in, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Come on, stand up with me this morning, will you? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Aren't you glad Big Steve's back with us today? He's got some, uh, Lord's using him. He's, tra- he's Well, he's been had two knee replacements, so he's been set down for a while. But now he's got two brand new knees, and the Lord's getting him busy. So he's, we hope to see more here at Word Alive and then out and about, all different places, preaching the ministry. He's, he's actually got some CDs available today if you'd like to see those in the connection and buy those. And you can have revival just like this in your house tomorrow with his, with his, with his CDs. And, and I, his, before we dismiss, I want him to sing one of my favorites. I want to pray then. Uh, I love when he does call Falling in Love with Jesus. It's one of my favorite songs. And so that'll be our dismissal. I know many of you got to go because it's Memorial Day. But if you, I want, that's kind of how we'll, we'll exit. He'll, he can sing if you want to be here in worship or if you need to get out. That's fine too. But Father, we just stand before you today. And Father, we believe this is a season to expand our boundaries. So, Lord, we dare to pray, a, pray the bold, courageous prayer of Jabez starting today and pray it for the next six weeks over our life, our family, our state, our nation, our president. Talk about expanded boundaries. What if we cut a deal with North Korea? It could happen in our season. These wild things are happening. Moving the capital to Jerusalem, that's expanding. Things are expanding. So this is not just personal, this is corporate something God's doing. So Lord, we dare to lift our hands today in faith and can you put that back up on the screen with us and we'll just pray it out loud together. That scripture, the uh, start with, oh, that you'd bless me. Can we say it out loud? Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I might not cause pain. So God granted them what they requested. God, we pray that prayer in faith today, and we believe that we're going to see supernatural things happen in the next few weeks as we boldly proclaim our boundaries are being expanded in this season in a supernatural way. In Jesus' name, amen. 